The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. This is my pod. And my pod is sponsored by my favorite pizza. Aurelio's Pizza. It's the sauce. Go check it out for yourself. Aureliospizza.com. Go see where the closest location to you is. And get yourself a great pizza. Also, they have incredible dessert. And honestly, all sorts of snacks and sandwiches and Everything else that's on the menu. Thanks for hanging out with me today. As I said a couple episodes back, I'm going to get back into regularly having guests on the pod. I took a little bit of a sabbatical. I like doing the the ones where I just have room to talk, especially now that I do a partner show where I don't get to totally fly my freak flag. <laughs> that often, meaning that if, if there's geek stuff that I want to do or do a travel log or talk about other stuff, like college football stuff, it's not really Dan's thing. Although we're doing a lot more of it than I expected, to tell you the truth. This is kind of the reservoir for that, that I get to do my own thing because it's my podcast that's Partially why I started House of L in the first place is so that I had space to do stuff that I wanted to do. And I do like talking to people in our business about what it is they do and why they're good at it. Which brings me to our guest today. I've always dug Matt Rodriguez's energy. When you see him on Chicago Today with our friend Courtney Hall, you're like, hey, where's the Courtney Hall episode? Courtney Hall was one of the first people on House of L. If you scroll back, you'll find it. 
you'll find the episode with Courtney. Although it might not be a bad idea to get Courtney on again, tell you the truth. We get along really well. She's kind of funny. She loves sports. So you know what? I'll put her back on the list. She gets a return invite for being on the podcast. But her and Matt Rodriguez do the show together. And they do a great job. They've been nominated for an Emmy. I know Matt's been nominated for an Emmy as well. He's had a really wonderful, like, colorful career of working in on the entertainment side of news. And quite honestly, whether I'm interviewing him or I'm interviewing Tyra Martin, which is another episode that I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to. Shout out to Tyra Martin, home of Flossmore. Graduate, HF Mafia is still out here doing big things. It's a part of the business that I don't quite understand. I have a bunch of friends who do a lot of this stuff and do junkets, and it's a different type of journalism. And I I have questions. I have lots of questions about all of it. So I was glad that he he had time to talk with me, and we'll get to it in a second. Courtney is really good friends with my best friend, Afia Owusu. Fee, which she is commonly referred to on this podcast and when you ever hear me talking about her in public, Fee had a brunch a couple months ago that was just dynamite. Like, I remember I was getting, I had a, a, a nail in my tire so I needed to go get that fixed. And I remember going to take my car in over to Fletcher Jones. And and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go to the brunch. Because my car wasn't going to be ready. You know, it was a Saturday. So, so if you leave your car there, you're not getting your car back until Monday. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go to the brunch. So I got the car at like 2 o'clock. And she's like, no, nah, we, still, we still brunching. We still over here. And I went over. And I think I stayed until 7.30. Only, only Afia can have a brunch that starts at like 11 in the morning. And people were still showing up when I left at 7 o'clock. That's what's up. But Matt and I, like I had never met him. Like we obviously, like we're, we have friends of a friend. And I watch their, their show. I always try to support people who support me. Like Courtney's a big supporter of mine. So I try to support her, and I'm like, this dude is a is a fireball. Like he is, he has got a lot of energy and a lot of swag. So I said, I I gotta I gotta let this guy know this. So when I met him, like we hit it off like instantly, and we just started talking. And I'm like, man, you should come be on the podcast. And he's like, yeah, like whenever, like let's do this. So we talk a lot in this episode about what it's like to cover entertainment. It's a different discipline. And I love some of the answers that we got from Matt on this subject. This guy is is really fun, and you should be following him. Oh, it's important that I tell you that his, his last name is spelled with an S at the end and not a Z, okay? So Matt Rodriguez, but with... An S at the end. So if you're looking for him on Instagram or on Twitter, it's Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-S, 
Matt on Instagram. So then you can see all of the pics and videos that they put up with the crazy stuff that they be doing over at Chicago today on NBC5. But we had a great conversation. I really like this guy. And judging from the feedback of that show and what it's done, seems like you like him too. So if you want to get to know him better, this is Matt Rodriguez joining me on the House of L podcast. Hey, what's hey, up? what's up, dude? Hi. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on this. Oh, I'm so glad that you had time. I know that that, that schedule they got y'all on is super busy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to know, like, what brought you to Chicago? I'll, I'll tell you what brought me to Chicago. My now husband was uh, looking at jobs here at the University of Chicago. He's a laryngologist. He's a surgeon there. And he got an opportunity to come here. And he said to his boss, he's like, yo, my, 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 at the time, my partner, uh, he, he works in TV, works in film and, and uh, he's going to figure it out. But, you know, if you hear of anything for him, let me know. And his boss, his now boss says, oh, I happen to live across the hall from the president of NBC Chicago. Get out of here. Which like, what are the freaking odds, right? What are the odds? I was kind of putting my career on hold for the moment to support Brandon as he figured out where he could go. And then uh, his Brandon's boss says, hey, uh, why don't I set up a dinner? Sets up a dinner. I meet down with, uh, I meet David Dobler at dinner. And uh, during that conversation, during that dinner, he didn't say much. You know, I was like, hey, I'm a host. I've done this and I've done that. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. And then I said to him, what are you working on? And he said, a lifestyle show. And I was like, dude, that is my everything. I come from Pop Sugar, which was a lifestyle brand. It still is. Um, I had done nothing but celebrity, food, fashion, fitness, travel, that kind of stuff. And that's what Chicago Today, it wasn't named that at the time, was going to be. And so I got in front of David Dobler. He didn't hire me on the spot. I had to go through the audition process. They had to like me. You know, I had to prove myself. But that's what opened the door. And to have an opportunity like that when you're moving to a new city and you're, you know, my husband had a job and now I was getting this job in the, in the worlds that we love. What a miracle. What a blessing. No, what's crazy is that there's that old saying that if you, you stay prepared, you don't have to get prepared. So hey you, yeah. you, you were prepared. Like it's, it's, you, it's clearly like serendipitous that you got it this was. opportunity, but you were prepared for it. So how, how would you go about telling young folks that want to do what we do? How should they stay prepared for when a moment like that comes up, you're ready to present yourself and give yourself the best opportunity to get the gig? I guess it's almost think that you're, think that you're not prepared. Because if you think that you're not prepared, you'll keep working at it. And then you don't know you're prepared until it happens, right? You don't know how much, how many skills you need until it's in front of you. And I didn't know in that audition that I was absolutely going to book it. I felt it in my heart. But when the, when the audition happened and I'm working with these hosts and they're putting me in rooms with different people in different situations and I was hitting my mark, hitting my mark, I got this, I got that, I... I didn't know I would be able to do it until it happened, right? Because um, sometimes, you know, you mess up or something goes wrong. But 
it just worked. So just, you got to keep at it and you got to keep the dream alive. The minute you sit there and you're not, you're not striving anymore, that's when you get soft. That's when you get weak and, and people can see right through it. I want to come back to the show you're doing now, but let's, let's move backwards a little bit to pop sugar. Like I remember yeah. seeing you on pop sugar and be like, this dude has all the energy in the world. What was that experience yeah. <laughs> like? Uh, pop sugar was, I, I refer to it as my college degree. Now I went to college. I went to Marymount Manhattan college for acting. Um, and, but going to pop sugar, that was my degree in hosting and what it was to be a host. They threw me on a live show. I had never done anything live before. And we started rehearsals. We launched the show live every day. I was freaking out every day. I had never read a teleprompter. I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn how to interview celebrities. And I had to learn how to take notes from producers who I didn't always agree with, right? I mean, these were nice people, but I certainly didn't always agree with their notes. Um, and I had to learn how to work with that, which is its own skill. Cause you're never just, I mean, until you're Oprah and even her, she doesn't just get to do whatever she wants. She consults with her team and her interviewer, her executive producers and stuff. Um, so I learned so much. I learned how to do a show for five hours. We did a Grammy show that was live that aired while the show was airing. And we at commercial, we would be there. So like sitting in your seat for these long periods of time, um, I learned how to write scripts. I learned how to give notes on an on a project, on a segment. It, it was it was amazing. And we were all just at the forefront of that digital time when BuzzFeed was coming out and Vox was coming out and, and we were there. And um, so many other of these brands were bubbling up and we people were just throwing money at the situation, which was also amazing because we had sets and and teams that are honestly bigger than what I had, what I have here at NBC, a multi-billion dollar company. And maybe that's why we don't do that show anymore. Maybe. So, you know, you're like, okay, well maybe that's why NBC is still around. <laughs> yeah, they figure out how to make things work for everybody. So yeah, th it's a great point that you bring up about taking notes. When it comes to taking criticism, how did you evolve into being able to take things that people see that maybe you don't see or agree with and then distilling it into what the product ends up being on the air? I think time helps with all of that because in the beginning, I was very much like, well, that's not what I would do and that's not what I... And you, get, you can't get up, caught up in those little moments you have to step back and look at the big picture, right? Like, I'm sure you can attest to this. Like in the beginning, it's like, well, no, I'm going to ask the question this way. And I'm going to ask the question that way. And some producers are like, no, you should ask this. You should ask this. And I would, that one question would be everything to me. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm going to die on this hill. And you realize if you step back and you don't let, now, granted, there's some fights you have to fight. But if you step back and you look at the bigger picture, and I look back at my time at Pop Sugar over the four years that I was there, my personality was all over the damn place, right? Like it was, I was myself. There were just little tweaks that in the moment felt like everything. But when I look back at the whole, 
it wasn't that big of a deal. And so after having that experience with Pop Sugar, getting notes at NBC, that makes it a little bit easier. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll, I, I won't ask it this way. If you think it's this way. And I know that my footprint and my fingerprints are all over this. My fingerprints, not my footprint. <laughs> my, no, no, um, it, it works. Your footprint is on it and your fingerprints are on it. Amen. That's right. So, so yeah. So it's just over time, it becomes easier because you realize like, I'm still me. I'm still coming across on camera the way I want to. You just can't fight every little battle. And sometimes you have to. I can't think of an example right now. I wish I had this great example of like, I went to bat and I proved everybody wrong. I can't think of that example. Uh, but, but sometimes I push back when, I, when I'm just dedicated to something, you know? Absolutely. How would you say that entertainment journalism has changed from when you got into the business to where you're at now? I feel like when I got into it, it was changing that was the beginning of the change, right? So you're talking 2009 is when I started this. YouTube had just come along like two, three years before that. Um, that's when everything started to shift. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you had your entertainment tonight, you had your Today Show, you had your Good Morning America. And then now you have Pop Sugar. Now you have... Uh, I can't think of some of the names of those shows that are still in existence, like Hollywood Buzz or Hollywood This, or the, all these online streamers that came in. And all of a sudden, that red carpet was a lot longer with a lot more interviewers. And the power was taken out of the big boy's hands. And, and then, you know, cut to TikTok, Instagram, all of these. Josh, anybody can be an interviewer, right? Anybody can connect with someone on Instagram live. Like you could somehow slip into, uh, you know, Justin Bieber's DMs and he agrees to do it. And all of a sudden you're interviewing him live on your Instagram channel with your 400 followers, but you're doing it and you're cutting out the middleman. So the power is in everyone's hands. And that's the biggest change that I've seen. Now I'm a collaborator. Many times people are like, why don't you do your own thing? Why don't you just start your own YouTube channel? And I'm like, I, 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 I guess I know I could, but I, I like being a part of a bigger brand. I like being a part of a team. Um, maybe I'm too scared. Maybe that's it. Uh, and and I, that's just what I lean on. And maybe one day I'll have to be on my own. I, I don't know. Um, I've done stuff on my own. Don't get me wrong. I haven't been working straight through since I started pursuing hosting in 2009. But um that that's those are the changes now and and who knows what else is coming who knows what else is coming with ai and virtual mm. reality and, and and the way that we interview um will we be interviewing people that are already dead you know like will i be doing an interview with whitney houston because the technology you know kicks in and um we get to a certain place where i can do an interview with a someone that once existed and now they're doing a show reworking all of their music i don't know um I, I just hope i can keep up with it all and sometimes it's hard sometimes you're like shit what else do i have to learn when it comes to being in these spaces where you're talking to the biggest people in music or tv or movies or streaming is there anything any piece of advice that you would give on how to conduct yourself and do your business like getting the job done, but also being a friendly person 
that that's going to help you get some of those interviews or make those interviews pop. You just, the the only thing that I, I you know it's like when I look at my first interview and I look at an interview like I just did I just interviewed Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart yesterday, and I look at the first day I, I stepped on the red carpet. Um, all those years ago, I still see the same person. That's like, great. I, you know, like it's, there's certain, of course, I'm probably a little more experienced now. And, uh, but the energy was there. I, if you can figure out how to be the same person on and off camera, that is gold to me. Some people don't need that. Some people are so different when that camera turns off. I've never been able to be that person. So if, because if I'm authentically me, then I'm basically practicing at being myself all the time, right? Like in life, everything I do. So that way, when I'm on camera, I know how to be me. I know how to pivot when someone uh, changes a conversation to one way or another. I know how to act in the moment. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. For me to be the most authentic person I can be, I, I just like to think that if you meet me, when the cameras are off, I'm going to be, obviously there's some heightening, heightening to it when you're like, welcome to Chicago today. Blah, blah, blah. Like I wouldn't do that just talking to somebody on the phone. But um, at the end of the day, that's all just, that's me being me and comfortable. I still get nervous. I still, I was sweating bullets before Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart. Why? I don't know. I'm like, I've been doing this so damn long. Why do I still get so nervous? Like thinking, oh God, is this question even good? What this is an awful question. Why am I even doing this? I still have all of that. That that it doesn't go away. It hasn't gone away for me. Do you find that you still do you still get nervous or you, yeah? I mean, you do it a lot. I I you still do it more get, than I do. I still get nervous. It's weird because I I honestly am the most comfortable in a radio studio, and mm-hmm. I I completely understand what you mean by kind of needing the support of a big box media company versus doing something that's on your own. And I, I'm doing both, you know, like I have this pod and then I have my radio show that's for a big box media company and I do TV and we technically work for the same company because I do stuff for NBC sports Chicago as well. I still, if there's a big interview, if there's someone that we've been trying to get that I've been dying to have on I do still get nervous because you want to make the experience as good for the listener or the viewer as it is for the person who's on the other end as it is for yourself so I I completely understand where you're coming from that that sometimes you're like okay I want this to work and you have to fight against that sometimes too Mm -hmm. because if, if you if you put so much into it 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 might throw you off your game. So find it will. It can. Right? So finding that balance to me is is really, really important. And it and it it's you know what I was thinking about you? Like one of the things I wanted to ask you. I know how I am with sports. And when we were talking at AFIAs, I got the same vibe about you when it comes to what you do. I am always prepping. Like everything is the next game that I'm going to watch or there's some little nugget that I'm going to pick up because I'm driving around or something like that. 
I feel the same way about you when it comes to your industry. How in the world do you ever turn it off? I've really learned to turn it off in the last, I think the pandemic helped me with that. Um, I think, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I realized like everything in my life doesn't have to be about this job and nor should it because I don't get paid enough. <laughs> I mean, just being honest, it's like, yeah, if I was making billions off of this, then I would think of it differently. So um, I've just, I, you know, where I was finding I was becoming obsessed with social media in the beginning, right? I was having a real issue um, and I was getting all my validation from social media, not the work that I was doing. I was doing great work. I do great work. I feel like I'm good at my job. But then all of a sudden, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. I was starting to like get really hard on myself. And the minute I separated myself from Instagram or TikTok, and I said, look, you're good at one thing. That's okay. <laughs> like I, I put some effort into it. I don't need to do everything. I don't need to put my whole soul into it, um, into social media. And the minute I did that, I, I had so much more peace with it. And, and now I feel like I'm, I post more interesting things as opposed to me just looking good against the wall. You know, like, you know, I was like, I was posting pictures of me looking good in an outfit against the wall because that's what you're supposed to do or something. You know, like all of a sudden, everyone just looks hot on Instagram. So... So I'm like, when the hell did I want to be a model or some, you know, like this makes no sense. Like, yeah, we all want to post a good picture of ourselves where we look good. Um, so that's when I turned it off. Now, if I have an interview, am I like constantly like scrolling and looking and preparing? I do that. Like that, I don't think I ever turn off. Like I'm, if I know something big is coming for work, I, yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling on YouTube. I'm looking at old interviews. I'm looking at even though I know it might just be a four question interview. Like right. sometimes these things are just four minutes now with Zoom, right? You don't have all that time. And I'll still look at all that knowing that I'm really only gonna have four questions and this interview is gonna be cut down to two and a half minutes. How hard are junkets? Junkets are an art um, because you need to know, you need to know what those four questions are. And you need like, cause that's basically what you're getting Four, maybe five, rarely do you get more than four or five minutes with any of these stars yesterday. It's Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Hart. I know I have like four questions with them, two moguls. Like, how do you have, what are the four questions you ask? And you have to kind of talk about the movie, right? You kind of have to at least get one question about the movie. Even if you don't want to talk about the movie, that's what you're there for. Um, so it's a it's a it's a gamble, and now with Zoom, you have this you're like just thrown into a room, right? You, mm -hmm. There's not that with the the way junkets were before, where you would be flown all over the world to sit down with a celebrity. You'd have a moment in the room. You sit down with them. They're adjusting the cameras. They're saying, you know, you got that hi, how are you doing? Where are you from? Da, da, da. A little bit to ease and get a vibe for where they are right now, right? Like, is Mark Wahlberg gonna be happy? Is he gonna be quiet? Is he, you just have that moment. Right now, um, if you're doing it the Zoom way, boom, you're in a room. Hi, I'm Matthew Rodriguez from Chicago today. You have to announce yourself and you go right into it. 
And then you don't know how Mark is feeling until he starts speaking. So um, it's just interesting. It's a whole, and that was a whole new skill we had to learn during the pandemic and how to engage. You know, like I, if I'm doing a junket on a Zoom, I need to look at the lens, not at their face on the camera. Right. Because for the viewer at home, that's more engaging to see my eyes looking at the viewer, Mark's eyes looking at the viewer. When in fact, I'd rather just be looking at his face on the screen, but then that makes a disconnect for the people at home. So I'm interviewing this guy, not even really looking at him, right? Like much like radio. Yeah. You do. Is that what you like about radio? Um, That you don't have to think about the camera. You just have to think about what's coming out of your mouth. Well, I mean, now we do have to think about the camera because we we're on Twitch now. So along with doing radio, along with going over the AM signal and the app and everything, we do have to worry about it. Although I don't worry about it as much with interviews. I have noticed that I find myself like I was reacting to people today on uh, on Twitch because they were like I was reading something. So I, I had my arms out like this. And then people were like, oh, my God, Lawrence actually has biceps. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize like that was like a thing so i'm talking to people about that and we were talking about schmedium shirts and all sorts of other stuff inside of the (laughs) twitch stream but i i do think that i'm i'm an introverted extrovert and that's why i gravitated probably more so to radio than television at the beginning of my career that you could hide behind it not Mm -hmm. being so personal now, as I've gone on in the business, I feel more comfortable in those interpersonal situations, and it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, like there, there is something that I think that you have some in radio. Like you have something that you want to say, but you don't necessarily want to get dressed up and put a tie on to go do it. Right, right. And and radio ends up being a perfect place to do all of that stuff. Yeah, to add the camera adds such another element, right? Like if I'm in a studio. Sitting like sitting up straight, like yes. you know, is my shirt hanging out? Am I, you know, like all this stuff that I've slowly learned, but um, and now it kind of becomes second nature. But in the beginning, you're just like, shit, where do I even look? Like, you know, right? Like, what am I? Like all I want to do is have this interview, but now all of a sudden I'm worried about my double chin from this angle or something, you know? Um, at least I am. That's the shit I I'm, worry about. I mean, you should. Can we be, swear on this? I yeah, abso- absolutely. And you shouldn't be worried about double chin because you don't have one. But that's fine. Like, like, <laughs> like, like that's fine. Oh, when it comes to dealing with entertainment media, is there is there a celeb that you really look forward to talking to? Because even if if the connection isn't a hundred percent real, that person makes you feel like it's a hundred percent real. Oh. Well, I mean, we interviewed. Are, wait, are you saying someone that I've already interviewed? Or yeah, are you saying someone that I hope to interview. So, someone that you've already interviewed that, or maybe you've interviewed them okay. multiple times, and you, and you're like, even though this person doesn't know me, I feel like they know me. I'll say two names that come to mind: uh, Tiffany Haddish. I, she came in to that interview, guns a blazing. And I, and we just connected and and I have to believe she does that with every interview. Like 
that's the, the the biggest lesson for anyone who's on the other side, the one being interviewed. You got to bring the entertainment. You got to bring the answers because otherwise, you're bringing a boring interview. Mm-hmm. It's not always just the journalist, but um, as a reporter, to have someone like a Tiffany Haddish, where she just came in, pop, pop, pop. I can just improv with her, kind of throw my questions out because all of a sudden I'm on a train ride with her and she's in charge, that can be a lot of fun. Um, and, and it felt, and she acted like she knew me, like, and to the point where I was like, does she know me? Like, have we? I'm like, no, we haven't. We haven't. And that, that is a damn skill, um, for sure. And, and that's the skill that we have to bring, right. As interviewers, we have to act like we know these people. hundred percent. Um, and you're great at that. Uh, the other person was Jamie Lee Curtis, just like just so open and so kind and like listening. And, you know, I, I was able to make her laugh in that interview and maybe that's why, but she just kept laughing at what I had said and, and coming back to it. And, and just that kind of connection, when you get that, you go, God, that's worth it. Like all these other crappy interviews where people give one word answers or, you know, they're, they're pitching a movie that's just awful. And like those moments make up for the down times. Um, yeah, you and Courtney are both combustible personalities. You both have this energy to you. Yeah. How are you, how are you all making it work? Cause it, it works like it, I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Yeah. And then I saw you two on camera together and I'm like, these two get each other. So how does it work? In some ways we are so opposite some days, the way we think our opinion or something. And then in other ways, we are like the the closest brother and sister. We are truly friends off camera. We do stuff all the time. We call each other every day. Um, You know, if we're not every day, but if we're not filming, like she'll be like, okay, morning phone call. We'll have a call and just talk about what's going on and what's happening. It just clicked. And I can't tell you why. Um, Our executive producer, Julie Maddox, paired us together. and. She saw something and, and it was truly, it was truly the way from day one. We, before we even got the job, we had our audition. The audition was great. I I won't say like in the audition, I was like, whoa, that was magic. But I will say, oh, she knew what she was doing. And I knew what I was doing. That felt right. And they put us together the most. So I kind of knew that that's what they were looking for. But then we went to a lunch before they got the job. Our producer was like, I want to see how you guys just act everyday life, you know? So we all had lunch. We sat there for two hours. Our producer had to go back to work and we hung out. She invited me over to her house that night. We had a couple bottles of wine. We sang karaoke, had pizza. Like I spent like eight hours with her and, and it was just there. And I, I do feel like we have some magic. I, you know, I, I say that humbly. Um, I feel like we can tap into that even more. And I hope as the show grows, we're able to do so. Um, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Some days, we, I mean, we can be nasty to each other too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, if she's in a mood or if I'm in a mood and we're doing something for the fifth time on set and it's like, oh, I'm like, if she says this one more time, I swear to God. <laughs> or if she comes in, like, you know, like in Courtney Hall, she'll admit it. Like if she doesn't eat, she, she, her energy's off. If she doesn't sleep, her energy's off. If we've been out there too long, her energy's off. You got to like walk that tight, tight rope with her. 
And and I know her. So like to the point now where I know where she is. And I'm like, okay, I know how to approach this. And I'm sure she says the same about me. She knows how to approach me if I'm in a mood. Um, so that's great though. The feistiness I think comes through sometimes. And I think people like that. What do you want people to take away from Chicago today? Like after watching you guys for an episode or a week or a month or however long they're with you, what do you hope they take from the show? I think it's something that people say a lot, but I, I truly want people to take away some joy in their day. Um, I come from an entertainment background, you know, like I started as an actor and I'm certainly not acting while I'm in the show, but I'm, I'm trying to, we're putting on a show, we are putting on a show, a type of theater for you. And, and it hopefully it brings you some entertainment. It brings you some knowledge about Chicago or a show that we're interested in or a celebrity that we happen to speak with or a nonprofit that we're trying to highlight. Look, people are doing what we do a dime a dozen. It's all over the place, right? We're not, I mean, we're not bringing, I, I, we're not bringing you anything that you haven't seen before, but the way that we're bringing you that information, you haven't seen it with me and Courtney. You haven't seen it with that dynamic. And I think it's, I think it brings some joy to people's day and I, and I hope it does. And I, you know, people come up to us and especially during the pandemic when every, everything was so negative, we were positive. We didn't step into that world. And, and granted we touch upon it once in a while, but we always kept it joyful and we want to be that oasis for people. And uh, I want to continue to be able to grow and do it in a better, smarter way, um, an informative way, a more Chicago way. Um, I, sometimes we wish our show had more Chicago, but when you're booking and things are tight, there's so many things that go into it behind the scenes that you've got to just take that movie Zoom interview about a movie, about whatever, just to get something on the air. Um, and, and, and we work to try and make everything and um, very informative, but sometimes it's hard, you know, it's hard. Limited staff, limited everything. Do you think that the dynamic with you and Courtney, let me rephrase. How do you think you not being a Chicagoan and her being a Chicagoan plays into what you guys end up producing on the air? I, I yeah, personally, I think it's great because a lot of things to me, I, I'm like, who's this? What's that? You know, Courtney knows sports. I don't know sports. I don't know no sports. <laughs> I, I don't follow it. I never have. doesn't matter what city I'm in. Obviously, in Chicago, I've learned a lot and I'm cheering for our teams and stuff. But do, am I an avid, avid follower? No, but Courtney is. So her coming from that knowledge of being here and knowing what neighborhoods are where and she had the news background, so she was all over the city, right? Not even just as, not only for her job, but growing up here. So I think that's amazing. It grounds the show. But then when I come to it from a, a, a perspective of, oh, have you heard of this? Or have you seen this? Or I explore the city in a way that she doesn't because she grew up here, right? right. So there's many times where I'll come back where I'm like, I just saw this thing and she hasn't heard of it. And because she's kind of in her routine. I mean, she's always looking for new things, but I have a different routine. So we line it up in a way that I think uh, sometimes I think you wouldn't know who was from here and who wasn't. Um, and maybe maybe I'm naive. Maybe someone like this, this bitch ain't from Chicago. <laughs> he's, so, he's so East Coast or he's so LA. 
maybe that's what people say, but um, I like to think that the different perspectives um, make it entertaining for the viewer. What's Rhode Island like? It was a great place to grow up. I, I love it. It's a beautiful state. Um, I grew up on an on an island within Rhode Island. What? You know, very a lot of beach. Yeah, it's a it's a bigger island, so it doesn't feel like you're in a, on an island. But um, it's called the Quidnick Island. There's two, three towns: Portsmouth, Middletown. W- what a great name, right? Middletown, which is in between Portsmouth and Newport. Newport's very famous. Uh, it's where the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Astors, you know, these mega moguls here in America from the late 1800s, early 1900s, they had their summer homes on what's called the Cliff Walk. And those homes are still there, these mega, mega mansions um, that were built. If you can see them in the new show, The Gilded Age on HBO, they're kind of highlighting that time, which I love because I grew up around these mansions. And then you go to other places and you're like, oh, you don't have mansions? You don't have like, you don't do your junior prom in a in a, a mansion from the 1800s with a, you know, a gilded staircase and all this stuff. Um, it was great. Very People who grow up in Rhode Island stay in Rhode Island. You know, my whole family is there. Um, blue collar, but there is a lot of money there too that I wasn't a part of. But um it's a beautiful town, and anyone that can get to the Newport area or Rhode Island, I highly recommend. It's a great weekend visit, great food, chowder, lobster, big stuff, scrawd, <laughs> all, the, all the New England things that um, I grew up loving. Um, it, it's beautiful, and I think I might retire there one day, you know, have a little home on the water, hopefully next to some mansion. <laughs> or or have a mansion next next to uh, next to a mansion. Yeah, there, exactly. there you go. So Jay Leno lives there now. Ju- Judge Judy lives there now. Big homes. Taylor Swift lives in Rhode Island. Wow. All right. So, so yeah. wait. I know you're not a big sports person. Yes. But I, I how you answer this question will lead to my pitch <laughs> that I have for you. Do you know who Paul Konerko is? Okay. Paul Konerko is, or yeah, he is. He is a a hero to the White Sox. He was okay. he hit a grand slam in the World Series in 2005. He's one of the greatest players that's ever played for the Chicago White Sox. He is from Rhode Island. I did not know that. So so my I did not know that. My pitch is if the White Sox make the playoffs this year. Which I do know enough that they might. They right? might. It's possible okay. that they can make the playoffs this year. That you should do some sort of preview with Paul Konerko, and the two of you should talk about Rhode Island. I think that would be amazing. And maybe he could teach me a thing or two. I think that he could teach you a ton about baseball. He's really nice. He's a great interview. He's also really good at teaching baseball to people. Like He was one of yeah. my favorite athletes to talk to. Inside the clubhouse, he's retired. He's living in Arizona now, but he does all sorts of stuff for the White Sox. I think that he would totally be down for like a Rhode Island connection. Dude, I would love to do that. Not to make let's call it Rhode Island, Rhode Island today for the right for one episode. Right, could, I feel you. Could you imagine how that would play in Rhode Island too? Like, it, like the two of you. Could be some, we, yeah, we could air it there as well. It would be dope. You're, you're no fool. Can I tell you something? Sure. The fact that I didn't, when you asked me if I knew X, Y, and Z, 
my heart starts racing. I go into this because I don't know. And that there is that fear that like Chicagoans won't like me because I don't know all of the history all the time. Granted, I've learned a lot. So I like picture some of you and be like, this bitch doesn't know. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no. Like that's what goes through my head. So I start sweating and I'm like, I don't know. So um, thank you for the information, though. I'm glad to have learned something from your episode here. Yes, and I don't – you can throw that at Courtney. I bet she doesn't know that Paul Konerko is from Rhode Island. I will. I'll ask her. I don't know if she's still out there. Throw it's it at her and there. see what she says. Man, this was great. I really appreciate you being available. And I'm so glad that we got to meet, man, because I felt like an instant connection. And I was like, I like this dude. I like him a lot. He's good people. I feel that, you know, you just get that energy, right? Uh, you walk into a room, we've gone to a lot of parties, we've met a lot of people. And when, it, especially in this business, you want people that lift you up and are going to support you. And I got that energy from you and know that I will always do whatever I can to help you as well. Well, it's much appreciated. Continued success, sir. And, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I will talk to you soon and hopefully we'll grab a, a drink together soon. Next time we're together, I want to talk Better Call Saul because you loved it like I did. Fam. (laughs) Definitely. That is a a must-do. We have to talk about Better Call Saul, and I'll tell you about my conversation with Bob Odenkirk and the whole nine guys. Ah, That's what I'd love. (laughs) All right. Awesome, man. All right, sir. I'll see you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good stuff from Matt. I I appreciated him hanging out, and it was fun. Like, a lot of times – there are a lot of people that I'm friends with that end up on the podcast, correct? Because I know a lot of people in the industry because I've been in it for so long. But every now and again, you you catch a vibe from people, and you're like, oh, that's someone that I can hang out with. And that's a bit, like, he's a bit of a wild boy. Like, let's not get it twisted. But I think that I can hang out with him. So I look forward to the opportunities when I get a chance to, like, hang out with him again. But I love what he was saying about the nerves and how he still gets nervous and I'm confident in what it is that I can do when I'm on the microphone whether I'm doing a podcast or I'm hanging out with you on the radio but yeah there are moments when I get nervous and I kind of like it I I like to to know that there's a little bit of nerves that I'm working through and he, he did that as well hearing those stories about the celebs that make you feel at home, I thought was also cool. So do what you can and, and support that show. Check out Matt on Instagram, Rodriguez with an S, Matt, Rodriguez, Matt on Instagram, and you can you can follow him there. I really had a great time talking to him, and I have a great time talking with you. Thank you, as always, for your support. Aurelio's Pizza. They support this podcast, and we are grateful that they do. Please support them. They help us keep the lights on here at House of L. So excited. I was telling the guys at Sports Jason, I was like, we're funded for a little while, boys. They're like, yay! And it's fun. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 